Hey, before we begin, a quick reminder that today's episode is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Find us at schnickfoundation.org. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Let's go, y'all. You are listening to The Foundation Podcast. Our goals are to help you build the foundation to live your best life, help solve problems, better serve humanity, and to become a beacon to help inspire change. We connect you with today's leaders, affecting positive and impactful global change. And now, here are your hosts, Todd and Stephanie Schnick. Good morning and welcome back to the Foundation Podcast. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Gosh, it was a few weeks ago as we record this, the news uh, as a Chicagoan that uh, Chicago Cubs organization uh, lost its uh, captain, if you will, Theo Epstein, uh, to uh, move on to the next thing. He'd been there roughly 10 years and it was time to move on. In all the reporting of his departure from the Cubs organization, uh, came to learn that he had his own foundation called Foundation to be named later. Naturally, uh, as we showcase other great charitable organizations on this show, I reached out and connected with today's guest. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Let's say hello to Elise Najimi. She is a CEO, Foundation to be named later. Elise, welcome to the show. Hi, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to be on your show. Pleasure. I appreciate you carving out some time. I know you guys are awfully busy as you kind of scheme and get the get things organized for 2021. Now that you're a your founders are, are a little bit got more free time in their hands. I imagine you're probably busier than, than maybe you <laughs> intended at this stage, but so excited to uh, have you on the show and really, really pleased to be able to, to shine a light on what you guys are doing uh, with our audience and look forward to us collaborating on some things down the road. So happy holidays to you as we record this. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to our conversation. So before we dive into the foundation itself, uh, take a minute and tell us a bit about you and your background. Well, I grew up in the Berkshires, which is the western part of Massachusetts, Pittsfield, Mass. And I grew up a a big sports fan. I I had an amazing family. My dad was an educator, so he brought us to Boston every summer for vacation. And we would find ourselves at Fenway Park every night that we were there for about 10 days in the summer watching baseball games. And that became a passion of mine. I was the only girl on my little league baseball team back in the day as I... Thankfully, it's different now. But for me, I was the only girl playing Little League Baseball. And my dad was an educator. My mom was a volunteer. And they both instilled this love of giving back. And so I had a career in giving back. I graduated from Assumption College in Worcester. And I got my master's at UMass Boston in education. And uh, went on to be one of the very first staff of a program called City Year. And City Year is um, inspired AmeriCorps. And AmeriCorps is the program where young people can do service full time in exchange for a scholarship for college. And that was back in the 90s. And I helped to grow City Year, which inspired AmeriCorps. And I helped to grow AmeriCorps for that decade of the 90s. And then I went on um, to be able to work in sports is what I wanted to do. And I went to work at Northeastern University in Boston. And I was blessed to work at Sport and Society, which is a center created by Dr. Richard Lapchick, who's known as the social conscience of sport. And so I worked there under his leadership for a long time. And 
that was the place I was right before I went to work with Theo Epstein and Paul Epstein. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate your years of service uh, to the community and giving back. My wife and I launched this foundation about a year and a half ago, and it's the first time I've been involved in something like this. And so what an amazing feeling to be able to serve your mankind, you know, so uh, grateful for all the work that you do. My story is relatively similar with, uh, I'm uh, used to say for many years, uh, as I was growing up, I was cursed to be a Red Sox fan because it was hard going for most of my life. Thanks to your now boss, uh, changed everything for me in 2004. But I, I grew up in Connecticut uh, and as, as a child in my uh, grade school years. And I guess that's generally when a young man or a young lady uh, determines its, uh, its affiliations with their sports teams. And so I lived in Hartford. So I thank my father because I had a 50-50 chance of being a New York fan or a Boston fan. And I think the first road trip the family took was to Boston. We ended up at Fenway and uh, naturally became a Red Sox fan. So that's uh, so my story is, is similar. So, all right. Well, I'm sure the audience is familiar with Theo, and uh, but it's not just isn't just Theo's uh, organization. Uh, his brother as well is, is a part of this. Uh, so the foundation to be named later. Uh, what's the mission and purpose? Give us the overview of what you guys do. Um, how about if I give you the background on our name first? Because a lot yeah. of people are still saying to me, after <laughs> probably how many years has it been now? 15 years. When are you going to name that thing? And it's a great play on words. Obviously, if you're a baseball fan, you probably understand it. But so quick history, funny story. Theo helped the Red Sox win the World Series in 2004. And his twin brother, Paul, is a social worker who helps families and youth everywhere he goes. So of course he said to Theo, I think it's time for us to start a foundation so we can capture the passion and the love of Red Sox fans and baseball fans and turn it into resources for kids and families in the community who don't have a lot. And Theo, he had been saying that for a long time. And Theo was like, Paul, just let me win a World Series first. Then we'll figure out if we can do the foundation. So the minute they won the World Series, Paul called him and said, let's do this thing. So they were down at spring training the year after the Red Sox won the World Series, trying to put together what the foundation would do. They figured out how they wanted to make a difference. Spring training came to an end and they didn't know what to name it. And so they couldn't think of a name. And Paul just said, let's just name this thing later. And Theo said, that's brilliant. Let's name it foundation to be named later after a player to be named later, which is a major league baseball trade term. So that's the name and it's stuck. And it's pretty funny. Oftentimes I'll be at an event when you used to be able to go to events in person and I'd have a name tag and it would say, this is in the early days, uh, Elise Najimy, foundation to be named later. And people would say, are you looking for a job for a foundation to look for? It's like, no, I have a job, but thanks for asking. Here's the story. And yeah, we're really, really just about trying to level the playing field and provide opportunities for people who don't always have an opportunity. Because what we believe is that all these young people and families that we get to know and work with, they all have talent, they all have dreams, they all have desires, but they don't all have the same opportunities that other people have. So our mission is to really just be able to raise money and give money to the nonprofits working on front lines in these neighborhoods that don't have a lot of resources And so we put on these incredibly fun fundraisers so that we can raise money and give it back to nonprofits in Boston and in Chicago. And there's so many stories to tell you, but 10 years after the foundation was going, we created a scholarship program that we run on our own. Hmm. And so... 
proud to say we have 170 scholars in colleges around the country. They're from both Chicago and Boston. So the money we raise from our events goes to our nonprofits working on the front lines, but also to our scholarship program because the nonprofits who we work with get to nominate the young people that they work with and they know to us and we select their young people to be on our college scholarships. I'd love to tell you a little more about the scholarships because they're named after a Hall of Fame journalist, but also a Hall of Fame person, Peter Gammons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peter Gammons. Peter Gammons is kind of like the heart and soul of our foundation. He started a charity event called Hot Stove Cool Music, another play on words. During the winter in baseball, it's the hot stove time. And he's a musician, and he knows a lot of baseball players love music and musicians as well. So he started a concert series to raise money. And this is before Paul and Theo even started Foundation to be named later. Peter put together baseball players who love music and musicians and raised money through concerts. And when Paul and Theo started the Foundation to be named later, Peter knew that Theo liked to play on guitar sometimes. And he said, I'd like to partner with you and make this your signature event. So we now have, and it's been going strong for a long time, raising us millions and millions of dollars, hot stove cool music, Boston, hot stove cool music, Chicago, and they both celebrate music, baseball, and giving back. So in honor of Peter Gammons, we named our scholarship the Peter Gammons College Scholarship. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I was aware that Peter was involved in what you guys were doing. I wasn't involved in the extent of it. That's a, and what a neat guy. What a, what yeah. a good soul he is. So there's the scholarship program that you guys do, but it sounds like your other work is similar to what we do at our foundation in that we don't, we don't actually do the deliverables of serving, but we support the organizations that do. And because and, we came through a similar journey that when we launched our foundation, our intent was, well, we're going to actually serve people directly. Yeah. And that's a, that's a different animal than what you initially think it is. I mean, there's a lot of work there. There's a lot of responsibility by IRS regulating. I mean, it's a complicated process to actually do that and make applications and the grant process. I mean, it's a complicated deal. I mean, we weren't ready to do that. So we uh, discovered that there are literally tens of thousands of nonprofits and charities and other organizations that do amazing work that nobody knows about, right? And so we be, our focus evolved to say, all right, let's shine a light on some of these other organizations that no one knows about. That's one of the goals of this show, honestly, is, is to help do that. So that sounds like that's what you guys do as well. So give us an idea of the type of organizations on the ground that are doing the good work that you're supporting. Yeah, absolutely. We support a lot of organizations, but we have 10 partners in Chicago, nonprofits, and 10 in Boston. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of similar. And you're right. We want to shine the spotlight on them because anytime a baseball player or a Theo or a famous musician's involved, then it brings attention. And we try to bring our nonprofits into that light and in that attention so that other people will support them as well. But for example, We have the BASE, which is an urban baseball program in Boston, but it really focuses on education. It's in the heart of Roxbury, and it has mostly young men and women of color. They come in, and it's an education center, but it's a beautiful facility with batting cages and practices. They just, uh, places to practice. They just opened a basketball program there too. But most importantly, they have a computer room, and they have a lap um, places for young people to go study. There's tutors, and they can't do any sports until they do their education. And they, the young people have mentors and coaches and, and they wind up playing elite baseball. Some of these kids from the base, the programs 
uh, really rooted in excellence and excellence is the new norm. That's their, their tagline. Love it. Some of their young people have been recruited by Major League Baseball for teams and, and Theo even recruited some of these young people and the Red Sox have recruited the, these young people. Oh, so. Another benefit of the foundation. Exactly. And so for an example, Chicago has so many issues and needs programs like this. So Theo and Paul and I and Peter were able to take some of the money we raised in Chicago and actually bring that program to Chicago from Boston. So we replicated it in Chicago. We didn't do it ourselves, but the leaders of the Boston helped launch it and select new leaders in Chicago. We support the Chicago Children's Choir and we have them perform at our Hot Stove Cool Music every time we're at the Metro in Chicago. And they do the same thing. They work with kids who don't have a lot of resources, but they use music to draw them in and make sure they get their education and make sure they develop as great people and can reach their goals and dreams. And we have a music program in Boston that we support, Zoomix. In East Boston, same thing. They use music and some of these young people have gone on to do amazing things. And by the way, the Chicago Children's Choir just got nominated for some Grammys this year. No kidding. Yeah, it's amazing. So those are some of them. We support the West End House Boys and Girls Club in Boston. That's where Paul and Theo grew up in Brookline, but they had no community center to go to. So they used to go there as little kids. And that place houses kids, so many diverse kids from so many different backgrounds. And lately during this pandemic, they've been a shining light. They started a food program, a clothing drive, and they keep their sports and arts and activities going for the kids. So that this is a place in a, in a place that doesn't have a lot of resources for these kids. And we do, in Chicago, you probably heard of BAM and WOW building. Um, so it's youth guidance. And they really work with some of the, the toughest kids and give them mentors and training programs. And Theo's spoken to their kids before in Chicago. We also support them in Boston. It's kind of a nice crossover. Some of our nonprofits are in both cities. Of course, we try to help City Year in Chicago and in Boston because they're in those tough neighborhoods. Um, We really want to support the young people who are basically volunteers and getting stipends to serve young people in those neighborhoods. We work with the Big Sisters in Boston and we work with College Possible in Chicago. So these are all just the same as far as who they serve but different in the way they serve. Ah, Great stuff. Thank you for sharing a a sample of the types of projects and organizations that you work with. I mean, you're you're probably like me that it's, it's frustrating because every day I learn of a new organization that is doing something amazing in some corner of the globe. And it's hard and it's frustrating that you can't help and support them all, you know? And so I imagine you, you run through that same frustration. Talk more about, the kind of work that you guys do under the foundation itself to raise more resources for these kinds of organizations. I mean, how are you spending your day? How is your time spent to be able to do the kind of things where you support all these great programs? Yeah, that's a great question. We have a, a, an unspoken North Star, which is try to have the most fun as possible while doing the most good as possible. So we never want to do like a boring event where people have to sit in their chair and go, I want to go home. So Mm -hmm. we try to do concerts that are really fun and put together thoughtful, diverse acts and people. And the beauty about our concerts, that's one of the events I'll talk more about the others, are it's a labor of love. Every single person who performs at a Hot Stove Cool Music concert in Boston or Chicago volunteers their time 
They donate their time and their talent. And all the restaurants donate their food. The beer and wine's all donated. Many times the hotels donate rooms or give us a very, very inexpensive rate. The Cubs help us in Chicago. The Red Sox help us in Boston. And it's a huge labor of love. We don't spend very much money on our events at all or on our foundation, really. I'm the only full-time staff and I have two part-time people. Leslie, who is a former scholar, graduated law school and got her law degree. She's helping me run the scholarship program because it's so big now. And Marsha helps me with our events and our auctions and all of the details of the the, um, things that go into putting on fun events. And everyone else is a volunteer. And it's pretty heartwarming um, to see it. So we have had amazing acts. Like in Chicago, we've had Buddy Guy last year. And we have had Cheap Trick, Liz Bear. In both cities, Eddie Vedder has played for us from Pearl Jam. He's played twice in Chicago, once in Boston with us. Liz Fair played with us in Chicago. We've had James Taylor a couple times play with us. And it's just common helped us this year. Uh, Steven Tyler. Uh, played this year, the Dropkick Murphys. So we have a nice crossover. I was going to say, you better have the Dropkick Murphys if you're, you've got the Boston Tyler. They, they've got yeah. to be involved in this somehow. And Casey's part of the Hot Stove Cool Music family, for sure, 100%. Yeah. We had Billy Corgan. We had Tom Morello. So we've had like these amazing high-profile artists who, because either they love baseball and giving back and music, for some reason, because they're connected to us and they see the work, they just volunteer their talent, and we're so grateful. Um, well, there's something about music, right? You know, you're aware that we just uh, came off of a campaign ourselves that was, in, uh, was centered around music. And in fact, the tagline of the event was the, you know, leveraging the power of music to affect change. I mean, it, it just really draws people in, and it touches everyone. And it, it is a powerful way to do that. I mean, I was going to ask you the generic question. Well, how do you, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to have, you know, the, the Epstein brothers uh, as signatories on, on the letterhead because they're well known and respected and that draws in interest. But at the end of the day, you still have to inspire people to get involved in this and, and you still have to move people to realize that they can affect change, even with a, whether it's a small donation or a volunteering time or what, however else they want to serve. But that's a, you know, I mean, the other the other downside to all these foundations out there and charities is that there's a lot of foundations and charities that don't get the recognition, don't have the fundraising resources they need, don't have the volunteer manpower that they need, and then they're struggling every day. And I'm not even talking about the pandemic and how that's infected the work that, that people are trying to do. So any advice and counsel you can share on those listening who uh, have that, that soul where they're trying to give back to their communities and just need ways to inspire others? Any thoughts you can share there? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that question. I don't know if it was my city year days or what, but when this is a generic piece of advice, I think whenever you do an event, whenever we do an event, we celebrate music, baseball, and giving back. We have a tagline just like you did, which is it tells the story, right? So part of every single hot stove cool music event, there is a community service piece of it. And so we bring these celebrities into the community, to meet the kids, to serve lunch to the kids, to do a raffle with the kids, to make art with the kids, to shoot hoops with the kids, whatever it is, we pick different nonprofits of ours 
in Chicago and Boston. So every hot stove weekend, there's a community service piece. And we bring out, and we also ask volunteers to come and set up the food and, and the games and be part of it with us. And I think that's something that keeps the musicians coming back and keeps them volunteering because they feel it, they see it, they talk to the kids. You should see Bernie Williams, Yankees. He's a big part of our hot stove cool music family. That's awesome. When he walks in a room, kids don't exactly know who he is, but he look, he's this great baseball guy and they all like run around him. I have pictures of all these kids and he'll sit and talk to them for hours and it's precious, right? So one piece of advice is whatever event or thing you do, involve your people so that they can feel what it's like to give back to. The sponsors love it. They come out with us. We're lucky to have some famous people, but I believe every nonprofit can find a famous person. You're just a couple degrees separated from somebody famous. So what I would say is if you're trying to get somebody to your event, just map it out. Who's on your board that knows who that might know this person? It's always, it's about relationships, fundraising and events and everything. And you know, Todd, I'm sure you guys are super successful, but if somebody wanted to have you know, find Oprah in Chicago. You're only a couple degrees separation. And if you don't ask, you're not going to ever know. And it's, I get a lot of no's. Do you know how many people we ask to do our stuff? They don't say no because they don't like us. They just, you know, it's complicated. It's busy. and it's. But we also get a lot of yeses. And so those yeses make it all worthwhile. And all you got to do is ask and find how you're connected to whoever it is that you want to get. Because if you have somebody, a baseball player, they bring attention to your event. If you have a musician, they bring attention to your event. And then it's your job, once you get the attention, to keep the people who came to your event hooked. And don't just go to them once a year and say, come to our event, but let them know what's going on and how your $5, your $20, your $10,000 are helping families and kids, especially this year. Mm. We changed and made our ticket prices for our virtual stuff $5 because we want to involve people, but we don't want to have them feel like they can't come. Hot Stove is a very grassroots fundraiser. So we always have a very low GA ticket and then the sponsor levels get higher. But this year we charged $5 for a link to come see Common and Job Kicks and Steven Tyler and the Chicago Children's Choir and Theo and Big Poppy. And we had a lot of fun on that one this year. Um, but I, my advice is just map it out. You can find whoever you're looking for through your network. Yep, no doubt about it. Well, it's, it, it amuses me that you're using the phrase that you're a couple of degrees separated from people because the, the gentleman who we partnered with on that musical event was Kevin Bacon, yeah, Mr. Oh. Six Degrees himself. You know, so <laughs> if a, a dinky little family foundation like mine can, through luck, hook up with a guy like Kevin Bacon and awesome. and do some things and do some good. Anyone can connect with someone. And here's the other thing I've learned too, at least, you know, we supported some local schools on some projects. And so they would have me come tour them just to kind of get a better idea of what's happening on the ground so that I could strengthen my narrative as I was telling the story to potential supporters. Yeah. But these kids were grateful that I was walking through their school. I'm just a, I'm just a nobody, you know. And and so when a when a celebrity uh, walks through a door, it it is game changing. And the good I mean, you mentioned, Big Pappy. I mean, another guy with a foundation who's doing some good, who wants to sort of give back and serve. I mean, there's there's a million people out there that are looking for ways to give back. And what I've also learned is a lot of people don't know how to do that. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, one of the goals of our foundation is to is to get people involved in a 
a charitable mindset that have never done it before because they just don't know how to do it or don't know where to go, you know. So people are, are yearning for a way to get involved and get connected to their communities. And, you know, someone, someone says, there's a very specific problem I want to address. I can almost guarantee there's a charitable organization out there somewhere that's focused solely on that. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many problems out there. The good news is there's so many charities trying to solve that, that specific problem, let alone organizations such as ours. I don't mean to compare us to you guys, but, but shining a light on, on others doing good work. Uh, uh, yeah. There's plenty of those too. So, all right, well, looking ahead to the coming year, What's the future vision for what you guys are looking at? How are things going to evolve? Are they going to evolve? Theo's going to be a little bit more involved these days, I suspect, which yeah. is probably a good thing. Where are you guys going next? Well, I think what we decided that we want to do is keep investing in our scholarship program because yeah, education's crazy. You know, like oh. we pay the gap so that these kids that we serve, who are mostly first generation college kids, can actually go to college because you could get tons of financial aid. You could get, you know, loans, parent loans, student loans, but there's still a gap and that's thousands of dollars still. And so, especially this year during the pandemic, we've been able to pay some extra money so kids don't have to drop out of school because they need to pay rent for their families or buy food. So we're investing in the scholarship program. Wherever Theo goes, the foundation will go because it's not like, He's in Chicago still right now. And the foundation will stay in Chicago because we have deep relationships and deep ties into the community. We have young people that we know and nonprofits that we work with. Same as Boston. He's been gone from the Red Sox for a long time. And they're one of our most important partners in Boston. We still do tons of things with them. We bring kids to every Red Sox game. And they get to sit in these really cool like front row seats and experience Fenway in a way that most people can't, you know? So investing in our scholarships is one. Wherever Theo goes, we will be there. I don't know if we'll do another hot stove in another city. Good. I was going to ask you, I mean, uh, you're going to be expanding, I suspect, because a lot of chatter is is that he's got one more run in him uh, managing another club (laughs) somewhere. And so I imagine that'll be the third community that you'll have to get involved in, which I'm sure you guys will dive in head first and, and love that opportunity. Well, we love the opportunity, but we're also heartbroken that there's always a need. You know, like we're we're not doing foundation because we just want to do something. It's like we're trying to help work on a need that doesn't seem to be going away. It only seems to be getting worse. And so wherever he goes, if there's a need and they they embrace us, we'll be there. We would never like push ourselves on anyone, but we're just a bunch of people who have big hearts that care about others. Like, for example, when you were saying you were supposed to pick one nonprofit, you know, it's so hard to pick. You want to pick tons of them. Right. When we started our scholarship program, we were supposed to pick one kid every year. We had enough money for one kid for four years. And we fell in love with all the kids. So that very first year, we picked 10 kids. <laughs> Paul and Theo looked at me and were like, can we pick them all? Meaning, can we raise enough money? And I'm like, right. yeah, we'll just figure it out. And we did. So now we get like 10 to 12 kids a year in Boston. And now we get 10 more in Chicago. So we have like 20 kids a year. And it just keeps growing because we can't say no, because these kids are deserving of it. And they're super smart. And they're already making a difference. We have two lawyers in our group now. We keep them connected in an alumni group because I don't know if I told you, but every scholarship kid, young person, student gets a mentor. And Hmm. that's the way we're going to grow too, is 
we decided to build ourselves to last. We have our young people. Uh, we keep with them for four years. They graduate, and then they turn around and mentor the next generation of Peter Gammon's help. Stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good because we're going to, you know, we don't want to run out of mentors, which right. that's the way people can get involved is mentoring a young person, especially these kids have their first generation kids. And so they now relate to the next group of college scholars that are first generation kids. Yeah, too. if you're listening to this and you're saying, boy, I just don't have the financial resources to support work like this. You don't have, there are so many ways to give to an organization. It's not just financial. If you volunteer to be a mentor, that, that's going to yield so much more positive end result than giving $25 for goodness sakes. I mean, so that, that to me, that would be far more valuable to someone's life than making a small contribution. But 170 scholars right now, as of, as of this conversation, I mean, that's 170 lives that yeah. you have forever altered and have changed the trajectory on how they will live. And what they've learned from you is, all right, well, someone gave of themselves to help me get a, a leg up. Yeah. I'm going to return the favor. And it sounds like you, you've encouraged that as well. Yeah. Well, just think long-term how that's just going to change thousands and thousands of lives. I mean, it's, it's amazing stuff. So uh, I might even, uh, just say it's double that. It's uh, yeah. because the mentors get their lives changed as well. Yeah. You no, know, no I doubt. mean, a lot of our scholars are still with their mentors now. So what is that? 340 lives? <laughs> so hopefully it's a lot go. and it's going to, and that will, that'll be exponential. That's going to continue to, to change. And then I suspect someday this will all happen in a third community. <laughs> and, th- and so it's going to even grow from there. Amazing stuff. All right. So this is the first of what I suspect will be several conversations between our mutual organizations. And uh, we'll have to talk offline about how we can collaborate on some Chicago-based projects. But I have a feeling we'll have you guys on the, on the show again as we continue to talk about ways we can, we can give back and serve. In the meantime, so someone listening who says, oh, this speaks to me and I want to get involved, whether it's financial or whether it's I want to be a volunteer or I want to be a mentor, uh, talk about all the different ways or I want to support the foundation and or support the scholarship. And if I could also ask you, if you remember all this, someone listening saying, I want to make application for that scholarship. Uh, Talk about how people do all of that. Great. No, those are all um, important things. So our website is the first letters of the foundation to be named later, ftbnl.org. But you could also do foundationstobenamelater.org, but we shortened it down to ftbnl.org. There's a whole bunch about our scholarship program there. If you ever want a mentor, you could go, there's an email, contact us, like info at foundation. You could just send an email. It goes to me, even though my name's not on it, it goes right to me. And if you're interested in volunteering or mentoring in Chicago or Boston, and, and lately this crazy year, mentors can be anywhere because it's yep. all virtual, right? Absolutely. There's a donate button on the top right if you want to donate. We have the, in the front part, we're always advertising what event is next. And again, we're going to do $5 tickets probably for the next virtual hot stove. You could buy a ticket to any of our events. We do a business of baseball lunch in Boston and we might do it virtual. And it's just a baseball talk. It's just inside baseball. Peter moderates it and we get all these people from different teams and baseball, women, men, and they just talk baseball. It's really riveting. And Theo's always on it and he's very um, candid and tells a lot of stories. And it's, it's very fun. So those are ways if you're interested, you can email me and we can talk about opportunities to do more. We've had people, when Theo left, 
people have made donations in his name just to say thank you for what you've done with That's the talk. Outstanding. And some people are have made, you know, two thousand sixteen dollar donations. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Some people it. have made $20 and 16 cents. Some people have made $201 and 60 cents. Like it doesn't matter. We appreciate everybody. Every dollar matters, you know, but it's not just about donations. It's about really wanting to give back and, and uh, make a difference in whatever way you can. We get the kids laptops. So you could sponsor laptops. You could these days, the food is a crisis. So I've been trying to raise money for food for our nonprofits and and the the kids and their families. There's all kinds of things you can do. And it's not just with us. You could do it for so many nonprofits. It's just a matter of Googling, going on the website and emailing them and saying what you want to do. Well, we have some plans in 2021 to raise resources to provide technology support for educational purposes. And uh, literacy is a big part of the work we do as well. So it's under the, so we'll have to talk about how we might collaborate on something along those fronts. So Elise Najimi, she is the CEO of the foundation to be named later. Elise, it was such a pleasure to uh, connect. I appreciate you carving out a few minutes to join us. Uh, as I suggested, I think this is the first of what will be years of collaboration on some things together. So, so grateful to connect with you and looking forward to seeing where this goes from here. Thank you, Todd. I'm really impressed with you too. And just the fact that you reached out and you're trying to help so many people and shine a light and make a difference, it really means a lot to us. I appreciate it. That's the fear of giving we're trying to capture in everyone that we meet. So thank you. No, I appreciate you saying that. And it's mutual. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon on the Foundation Podcast. The Foundation Podcast is produced by Intrepid Media and is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Learn more by visiting schnickfoundation.org. And thank you for listening. Now, get out there and do some good. And we'll see you next time.